This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee, and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing, take just one moment, and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the patron mailbag of the Busted Wide Open podcast, episode number nine. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Surrey and Dangerous. I, I, loved, I look forward to the show every week, Nick. This is the show where our patrons get to ask us questions and we answer them as best we can because uh, sometimes these get really tough and I love it. Yes. Uh, if you would like to ask us questions, all you have to do is sign up to be a patron. And to yeah. do that, you go to patreon.com forward slash BWO and just sign up for one of them tiers and you too can ask us questions every week. And have them answer right here on this very show, Nick. Yes, and for those that are still wondering and maybe just now joining us on this episode, this used to be our listener questions segment that we had at the end of every show, but the show started running really long and this started running really short, so we broke it out into its own dedicated series just for all of you patrons so that we can have time to spend on all of your wonderful, wonderful questions. And here we are today where our show ran long and we're crunched for time and we're kind of back <laughs> to the same conundrum, so bear with us today. We will get through as many of these as we can. Oh yeah, we still we still got to uh, answer our questions from last week. Oh we? god, yes, we're still working on catching those up. So yes. Oh lord. <laughs> Uh, but, yes, a uh, quick rundown of the housekeeping. Come over to Facebook, like the page, uh, search for us, uh, Bust Wide Open on Facebook, like the page, send us a join request, get into the group, find the Discord server, get into Discord, live chats all week, and for the pay-per-views, Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast, and streaming live right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash Open. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so that you get notified when we go live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. That's youtube.com slash busted wide open. And for the patrons, again, you guys are the ones that rock. This show is for you. Get in to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those tiers and be able to ask your questions right here on the show. Like Mr. Patrick starting things off. And he says, since I see the baby Yoda thumbnail, what do you guys think of the Mandalorian so far? Oh, you ain't going to like my answer. Um, I'll give mine real quick, which is, 
as if I have time <laughs> with all of the wrestling content yeah. going on throughout the week <laughs> and the holidays and the travel and the work and the and the, and the, and, the, and I've not had a chance to watch it yet. I hear it's amazing. I hear it's fun. I hear it's really cool. And for the fans that love Star Wars, are they really going to like it? Yeah. And But it kind of goes back to the trope of the prequels, which is, you like Star Wars? You like Death, Darth Vader? Well, now you get to see him as a little kid. Well, you like Yoda? Now you get to see him as a little kid. Well, apparently it's not actually Yoda. It's another member of Yoda's species, Nick. Says <laughs> <laughs> the nerd that doesn't like it. Go ahead. I don't Nager. like it. I just That's what I've heard. I don't have watched it either uh but nick they're only half an hour episodes you can have them bite-sized chunks look i from everything i've heard i haven't watched either from everything i've heard like they're doing everything right the serialization yeah. of it the the portrayal of everybody like there's a lot of fun stuff you have a new little cute toy ready uh thing with baby yoda you know which basically looks like a irradiated shaved gizmo from gremlins uh <laughs> you know, it's fine great um, I, y'all have asked me Star Wars questions before, and here's the problem. I used to be an enormous Star Wars fan, but I'm also one of those guys who's just kind of had my love for the series killed off. They've just burned it out of me to the point where I just, I don't care about Star Wars anymore. There's still like, there, I'm, I'm basically Darth Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi, where there's that little nugget of Star Wars love that one, like that little part of me that once was good is buried really, really, really far down deep in there. But it's, it's too late for me, my son. I'm too far gone. I don't yeah. give a shit about Star Wars anymore. I don't. Wow. Like, I'm like, cool. Yeah, I'm sure. Hot take. I'm sure it's a great <laughs> show. Have fun with that, guys. I, whatever. You know, I, I went to Star Wars Land for the first time recently over at Disneyland right down the road. And... It was cool. I was really impressed with what they did there. And there was that. Did you stay in the Starship Hotel? No, I didn't stay in the damn Starship Hotel. You didn't wear one of the costumes they leave for you in the wardrobes? You can cosplay during your stay? No, I literally, I, I saw a bunch of the costumes they have in Star Wars Land and like picked one up, kind of looked at it. I'm like, you, like, you know, the, the, I remember being a kid and watching Return of the Jedi in the theaters and Luke walks into Jabba's palace in the black robe and the all black outfit and just going, I want to be that guy. I was like, that is the coolest thing my young mind had ever seen. So badass. And they had that outfit there. And that little nugget of me went, if I were a kid, <laughs> I would still like that. And then, you know, old jaded me went, no, it's too late for that now. We don't care about these things anymore. Our, our childhood is dead. But anyway, so yeah, I didn't see the Mandalorian. He's probably Clint Eastwood sitting on the front porch in Gran Torino. Going, oh, oh, you get oh, in your damn Star Wars, stupid Mandalorian. <laughs> Mandalorian. What the hell is a, what man is a Mandalorian? Mandal Mandalorian. Anyway? If it's not Boba Fett, I don't care. Hashtag Boba Fett. Uh, yeah. No. So all right, cool. Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's fine. It, with Disney Plus coming out, it's a great thing to debut. It's, it's going to get all the subscriptions. It's really clever. And you've got the entire Marvel. Listen, I'll sit here and praise the merits of the Disney Plus thing. All is from here to it's going to blow Netflix out of the water. 
because they've got all the content. It's going to they've be got all the content all right, now. We're going to go off on a whole tangent here because I got a whole yeah. ton of opinions on Disney Plus right. and how they're screwing up and how they're going to screw up because they Disney doesn't know how to release stuff out of its vault. But we are not even going to go there. Here, this is a wrestling show. You but ain't the, got the time. Oh, the inclination. We got a game down on me. Oh no, I got the inclination. We ain't got the time. So let's move on. Yeah. Ba- screw Baby Yoda. Screw the Mandalorian. All right. Next <laughs> up, thank you, Patrick. Next up, Robert. Uh, Merry Thanksgiving with Christmas just around the corner. Yes. What are you guys' Christmas traditions? For Ooh. me, I always end up making the stuffing in blankets. Uh, oh, and of course, I make the Yorkshire puddings. Yorkshire oh, puddings. Yeah. What? I know what they are, Sir Angels. Do you know what Yorkshire puddings are? Yorkshire puddings. Yorkshire puddings. They're basically like croissant muffins. Yeah. They're, they're like a I have flaky, a, no, we, I light, have, fluffy. I've got it. Yeah. So I work at an Irish, one of my bars is an Irish bar, and we've got a whole bunch of the expats that come in, and one of, the, one of the guys brings in a whole ton of them every year. So, yeah, I'm going to get stuffed mm. on them this year. Roast oh. beast and Yorkshire puddings yeah. all day. Oh, I love oh. it. Sunday dinner. Bring it for on. Sure. Bring it on. What was the question? Uh, what are some of your... <laughs> yeah, I, I just... I'm lost I'm now. hungry now. <laughs> we, I just feasted myself into oblivion 20, 48 hours ago. And uh, I'm least, already, at least one of us did. Are, I had to work. What are some of your favorite Christmas traditions? I have a good one. I'll go, go first. first. Mine go was first. coming. Mine was coming to your bar with a bag full of Chinese food on Christmas Eve. Yeah. When I didn't travel, I would always go. For me, it was there's a there's a thing when people come to LA and they're away from home, but they're not going to travel back, and it's getting Chinese food. And it's similar. I know there's a lot of um, uh, Jewish folks or people that aren't Christian that don't celebrate Christmas on that day that also like go out for Chinese food on Christmas Eve or things like that. So it was something that I would always go around. There's a, an amazing Chris, uh, Chinese food place around the corner from one of Ian's bars, and I would always go get Before we ever did the show, I would always go get a you know $30 worth of Chinese food and just come sit at the end of the bar where the Council of Hats sit and uh, sit there and feast on my Chinese food. Uh, hanging out at the bar. So, yep, that was one of mine. Um, I don't know. Put up what are the Christmas traditions? I don't. I don't really have any. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't see here, but Christmas like guy. right off camera, right here, the Christmas tree, right behind me. It's already already up and shining bright. But uh, as far as traditions, like I, I suppose I have a bunch, but then also not a lot because I barely ever see my family, which is funny because they just live right up the coast. Um, in Northern California. So I guess if I had a tradition, it would be going home for Christmas and, you know, the family, the family, we have a whole bunch of like typical things. Like, you know, we have, we go see a movie the night before and then the day of, we have like our specific food that we always have, um, every year. But that's a, that's kind of it, I guess. Um, as far as traditions go, it's just going home and seeing the fam, you know, and that, that, that Christmas drive up the coast is always, it's always fun that time of year. I still I remember a really good one one year where uh, my sister had flown in. Uh, Unless um, it snows on the grapevine for some reason. Oh no, I've gone through <laughs> snow on the grapevine. It's fun. I I love crazy oh. weather. I okay. love that stuff. Um, take my four by four, all wheel drive, baby. Come on now. And uh, no, my sister came down. We just sang Christmas carols the whole way up. It was it was a blast. So. Yeah. That's probably the closest thing I have to Christmas tradition. I will. Uh, I will start a thread on the in the Facebook group, and you know we can have a big. I would love to hear what a lot of you guys are. So please weigh in on that one. Look for that thread in uh, Facebook. I'd love to hear what you guys' uh, Christmas traditions are because Esther and I we're on our third Christmas, and we're kind of just now developing some of our traditions, like, re- yeah. recurring things that we that we do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be a good time. I'd love to hear what some of you guys' traditions are as well. 
or whatever holiday it is. If it's not sure. Christmas, if it's Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever. Christmas, holiday tra- Christmas, holiday Hanukkah, tradition. Kwanzaa. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever the holiday traditions are. Sure. Um, one one tradition I have that's not necessarily just Christmas, but it's it's a to get this back to wrestling a little bit. Um, like I said, I you know I rarely go up to see my folks. Um, but one time I always do without fail is Christmas time. And I put a lot of work in the rest of the year so that when I ask for that time off, they can't say no. Um, but so then one of the, the traditions becomes when I'm up there, uh, I hang out and watch the wrestling with my pops and pops is not like, he's not a wrestling aficionado or everything. Like he doesn't watch it regularly, but when we watch it, he really enjoys it. i still remember to this day, probably one of the hardest I've ever seen the guy laugh is at the William Regal kiss my ass segment with Vince McMahon. I thought he was going to actually die. He was laughing so hard. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so one of the traditions is just pulling up, like, some recent good match and just sitting there and watching it with Pops. And, nice. Yeah, so that will probably happen nice. over this Christmas vacation as well. Is, is some recent, I, I would say uh, Walter and, uh, um, uh, God, why am I, Mustache Mountain, why am I suddenly spacing on kid's name? Trent Seven Tyler and Bate. Tyler Bate. Jesus Christ. Wow. The fartiest of brains today. Tyler Bate, Walter, but you know, 46 minutes, is, that's long. I'm going to have a hard time getting him to sit for that, but that's one of the best ones I can remember. Maybe maybe I'll show him uh, Osprey Okada mm. from the G1. I don't know. He loves that stuff. Anyway, yeah. All right. Thank you, Robert, for the question, and uh, happy holidays to you and yours. Uh, next up, Andy, former champ champ. Uh, it's WrestleMania 36. All the current main roster champs still have the titles, and Vince wants you to give them all to other superstars. Who would they be? Oh, and you can only use the current NXT roster. And if you use a current NXT champ, you need to give that title to someone else too. <laughs> My all right, head just let's exploded because I have all, right. all kinds of stuff. Well, let's let's just let's just okay. Let's let's before because Andy, what you did here. Is trigger the serious Nick booking vibe? Yes. So let's let's rein in the Nick booking a little bit here. Let's keep it organized. Let's keep it straightforward. Let's look at the titles. Uh, current main roster champs. That's all the titles. So let's go for the blue universal title. Bray Wyatt. Yep. He has to lose the title. Yeah. Who does he to lose NXT it to? NXT people. Um, what? He has. To, it says. Oh, and you can only use the current NXT roster. No, no, no. Roster. He said. No, no, it's like you can use the current NXT roster to call them up and give it to them, but it can be any other superstar from any brand. He says you can only use the current NXT roster. Jessup, are you in the chat right now? Would you he would is. you weigh in on that? He Wait, is. Andy, would you weigh in on this? I'm saying you're I'm saying your question is that you want all of the titles to change hands and you can only give it to someone else on the main roster or the current NXT roster. I believe that is the question. Not you have to give it from the main roster people to NXT people. And I think Nick is misinterpreting here. That is that is that is my suspicion. It's I'm literally reading. Oh, and you can only use the current NXT roster. Right. I'd like to call people up. I said if you use a current NXT champ, if you use an NXT confirmed champ, confirmed not- in the chat only NXT. Well, crap. So wait, we have to give main roster like wait, we have to give NXT people the main who's roster. Gonna, belts? Who's going to beat Bray Wyatt for the Blue Universal Championship from NXT? From NXT, Tommaso Ciampa. What? Shot. Come on, just just fire him out. We can we can write backwards later. Just fire him out. I'm sorry, I'm still catching up on this. 
Oh, no raw smack. Okay, that is what he's asking. That is. It's kind of weird, is, but I kind of like it. That's Tommaso totally, Ciampa. Yeah. It's, it's a very it limited my, kind of selection. Throw, so it's throws my shit right out the window. Who beats uh, Brock um, Lesnar for the WWE Championship from NXT at WrestleMania? Oh, that's, that one, that's easy. Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. There you Matt go. Riddle. Uh, uh, Bray let's see. Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Who beats Bray Wyatt from NXT? Tommaso Ciampa. Ah, uh, no. Finn Balor as the demon. All right. Well, that's too easy. Yeah. It's also logical. It comes. <laughs> we were saying that match it's was going to happen. It's what we should have had in the first place. It's what we said was going to happen. What do you mean it's not? It's too easy. Get the hell out of here. Because he's the prince now. Oh, my God. You can come out of, How about if he comes out as the Joker, Nick? Yeah, sure. You can come out as the Joker wrestle. Yeah. Okay, then yeah, it's okay. Dubstep Jeez. music and everything, yeah. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> All right. That's why to, they took enter, the music away from who, Buddy Murphy. All right, they who, takes away, it for uh, right. who takes it away from Shinsuke Nakamura? Uh, only on the NXT roster? Velveteen Dream. Yep, I agree with that entirely. That's a yep. good one. That's yep. a that's a that's a fantastic one. I, I kind of uh, really want to see that now. <laughs> U.S. title. Who takes it off of Rey Mysterio? Uh, Keith Lee. Nice, nice. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, Keith yeah I can't think of I can't think of a better one than that. I was trying to think of big man, big man face, big man face. Yeah, big man. Keith Lee. Keith Lee. Don't you? Forget about Keith. I forgot about him. No, 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 no. Don't you forget about Keith. Okay, all right. Agreed. What's the the um? What are we missing? Uh, what? So wait, hold on. Oh, we gotta do the women's. We did Intercontinental. We did U.S. We gotta do the women's tag teams. Oh, tags. Yes. Okay. So Raw Tag Team Championships. Who has them right now? Viking Raiders. That's Undisputed right. Era. Undisputed Era takes it off of them, and um, uh, uh, tag team and what tag teams are there right now in NXT? Good God! I mean, you said um, Undisputed Era, right? Undisputed Era takes it off of Viking Raiders as get and back New Day on SmackDown. Who is? Uh, I'll go Forgotten Sons. Okay. Well, then who? But then who takes the uh, Undisputed Era tag belts? Oh, so like what other what, oh, that's what other right. tag so teams are we're, there? In? We're missing we're missing who's going to replace the current title holders. Yeah, because you can only if you use a uh, current NXT champ, you need to get title of somebody else. <sighs> These are the rules, Nick. These are the who are, rules. Who are Keep the up. face tag teams? Oh, uh, well, we can't use Lee. I was going to say Lee and Dijak, but take them off in it of uh, undisputed. Yeah, but we no, can't because no, no, Keith no. Lee's going to go. Ah, this is fun. I like this. This is where this is what the other, head. Goes. What other tag teams are there still? Birch and Lorcan are done. Uh, you used Forgotten Sons already. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh no, no, no. Uh, uh, private Party. Excuse me, not Private Party. Um, Street Profits. So Street Profits are up on the main roster now. Uh, yeah, the tag division is a little slim right now. It's on, a little uh, slim in the in NXT, isn't it? I, I don't uh, know. Dang. Well, let's do the, uh, let's do the women's titles and come back to the tags because I don't know that there's anybody that we can give the tags. Moss and Sabatelli, Moss yeah, and Sabatelli are the yeah. champs. They'll, right. they'll bring it back in their Maserati. <laughs> uh, women's oh, Becky Lynch, Raw Women's Women's Championship. Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley. All right, and then SmackDown is Bailey, Sasha, uh, uh, Shayna Baszler, and then uh, you make Io Shirai NXT champ. That's good. Oh, that's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. There you go, mm-hmm. champ, champ. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what, uh, oh, we're missing. We're, miss, we're missing. We're missing. Tag team. Oh yeah. Uh, current is the 
Oscar. I'm not going to say Kabuki, Kabuki Warriors. Warriors. Uh, they have to go to NXT. Um, that means it, dare I say Vanessa Bourne and Armenian Carmel? No, don't say that. How dare you? <laughs> I don't know who else is there down there who's kind of technically a tag team. What other female tag teams oh, in NXT uh, besides uh, Duke and uh, Shafir? Knox and Knox and um, Knox and, and oh, uh, it'll be uh, Candice LeRae. LeRae now. Yeah, Candice yeah. LeRae and Tegan Knox. All right, there you go. That's about it. Uh, I think that's belts. Twenty-four-seven uh, champ. Twenty-four-seven champ uh, would be let's EC three. No, it has to be an NXT member, dude. I don't even know where Mansoor! he is anymore. Mansoor is your 24-7 yes! champion. <laughs> yes, that's brilliant. Yes. Defend that in Saudi right. Arabia, pal. Yep. Thank you, Andy. That was a fun one. Uh, let's see. Next up, Martin. Damn, that's a good question from Andy. <laughs> Why can't Vince use NXT no. called-up wrestlers correctly? Or is it down to the wrestler, not the booking? No, it's always the booking. Looking back at your old ah! shows, is there any predictions you made that you were wrong that in hindsight you think that... We were what, we. Th- you think what? What were we thinking? Like ah. Sonya Deville will be a top wrestler. Oh, and sorry to be an ass, but it's Martine. Thank you, Martine. Thank you. I always appreciate correcting on name pronunciations, Martine. Um. So the question is, why can't Vince use NXT, NXT called call up wrestlers okay. correctly? Uh, I think it's largely because Vince, and this is documented, Vince wants all the ideas to be his. Right, like he wants to feel like he's put his stamp on something, and if something works, it's on him. Um, so he's got to tweak everything that comes out of NXT. He can't just leave it. You'll notice he never leaves something exactly as it is in NXT. He always tweaks it a bit, so he can say. So it's basically in his world, so he can say, "I did this." Um, and sometimes the tweaks are minor, but sometimes the tweaks are major. And a lot of the time, the tweak because they nail it in NXT most of the time. If you tweak perfection, it screws it up, and it's up to the, char- the 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 performer to make good on whatever Vince does. And I think yeah. right now Ricochet is doing a good job of taking the stupid tweaks that Vince is doing with him and making them work. He's a real superhero. He goes kapwing. He now does the little like uh like the uh, the what is it, like the flash thing that he does where he like winds up for the run. Um, all those stupid little things that that Vince is putting on him, or someone in creative is putting on him. Uh, or Vince is saying you're a superhero, figure out some superhero shit, and Ricochet is coming up with whatever it is. It's not as cool as Ricochet was in NXT, but it's certainly more of a specific gimmick. And he's kind of making it work, and the kids are loving him. Like Ricochet is, from what I understand, in, in high standing in the company, he's, his merch is selling well, and people love him. So he's actually doing well. But Vince doesn't get a guy like Alistair Black. And we were saying this since day one, was Vince is not going to get this character. He's not going to understand how to sell this or do this. And sure enough, if you look at the tweaks that Vince is making to Alistair Black, he just does not get the guy. He doesn't know how to sell him. He doesn't know how to make him work um, at all. And if there was one person I would nominate to go back to NXT right now, it would not be Kevin Owens. It would be Alistair Black because... Like NXT is the place for him right now with the kind of exposure and love they're getting. Um, and he is a guy who could do tons of amazing things in NXT right now with the, with the roster that's down there. And he's not being used at all well on main roster. No. Um, but if the question was, why can't Vince use wrestlers correctly? That's why. Because Vince needs to put his own stamp on everything. 
And there was an interview recently with the Viking Raiders, uh, with Eric specifically, I think. And right. They were talking about the what happened with the Viking experience and Viking Raiders thing, and he went over it in pretty what pretty good detail. He said they showed up, and they came out, and it was too late to change anything, and it was Viking experience. And yeah. after the match, and after everything and they happened, they were fighting Vince on it. They were fighting Vince on that name. And so they came back and they talked to Vince, and he says, "Present me with ten different options." And so they came up with them, and Viking Raiders was allegedly like the last one, and Vince picked that one, and they were okay with it because it was one that was on their list. It wasn't the one they wanted, right? But it was. So we it was we can on work the list. with this. We can work with this kind of thing. Yeah. And it's kind of an example of it was Vince's decision to do Viking Experience, but he also made the decision. It's a weird reverse psychology, and you kind of have to do this in the workplace sometimes with a boss. You have to kind of get them to see that your way. Um, and you know, give them a bunch of options that are terrible, uh, and then make them pick the one that that obviously isn't isn't that terrible. Viking Raiders, you know, they they got praised a lot. Vince really liked the attire and the gimmick and the look, and loves Vikings, loved the TV show. That was something else that they called out in the interview. Um, but yeah, so that that's a good example of it is when they can do that. So. Uh, let's see. Was there anything else in here? Looking back at your old shows, are there any predictions you made that were wrong that in hindsight you think, what were we thinking? Yeah, the Cena running up to Mania for the for the 17th. I told you yeah, that was wrong when you were doing 18 that. 18 months ago. I told you yeah. that. I, I was trying to tell but, you that at the time. I was riding that train off the cliff, but I, I just he was coming back just enough to get that sort of legend shine, mm-hmm. just to give him that one more sort of Goldberg-esque championship. And I, I just I rode that train too far. So, yep, that's one I regret. I don't know. I'm trying to think if I, if I have any calls that I regret. But I don't know if I said anything. I, I think Ray Mysterio beating Brock Lesnar uh, at Survivor Series 2019. That's still very fresh, Nick. That's still very fresh. Uh, that's a fresh wound. Um, <laughs> I need you to to lay off that shit. That hurts. Um, <laughs> Welcome to my world of the other 11 months of the year. Right. I. You know what? That Ray one is one of the ones that hurts. Also, um, Samoa Joe, I think I said he was going to be a champ at one point. I'm like, I, I, like oh, it was uh, the Fatal Five where I said 100% no chance Samoa Joe wins Fatal Five way. And that one burned me so hard because I'm so mad I didn't pick him. when he, And then he won it. Um, yeah. No, there's there hasn't been many. Cause I usually tend to qualify a lot. <laughs> I'll be like, I'll say something like, you know, I think this will happen, but I'm pretty sure it won't or something like that. I very rarely go 100% in on something. Um, Even the Ray Brock thing, like I qualified that where I was like, I know it's a dumb pick. Um, I was just mad at myself for believing it all. Like just it was so fell into the trap. Well, it was, you know, if they'd (laughs) had it, if the finish of that match had been something less insulting than the typical Brock Lesnar screw you like you can throw anything at me f5 you're done if it had been anything other than that just insulting insulting finish like it just it was salt in the wound it was just a whole salt lick in the wound even after i told you exactly how it was gonna go down I and agree. you agreed I with agreed me with you and you still picked him yeah, <laughs> i did if i go down i'm going down in flames all right. I guess. I'm good lord. All the way I, I am going right into that damn iceberg. I'm not clipping the iceberg. I'm going straight into it. Right. Straight into it. I'm not this, this ship is <laughs> Thank you. It's not going to take an hour and a half for the ship to sink, you know what I mean? Jack and what's her name aren't going to be sitting there talking the entire time. This thing's going straight to the bottom right away. Right. U-boat coming in, torpedoing the whole damn ship. We're done. Anyway, 
Yes, I regret that. Thanks a lot for pointing it Sir, out. Sir Ian Lufthansa. <laughs> Lusitania. Oh, Lusitania. Right. Lusitania, sorry. Lufthansa. Lufthansa. <laughs> it's been a long, long, hashtag, long show. Hashtag Nick history. <laughs> Thank you, Martine, for the question. I appreciate that one. That's a, that was a really good one. You want to Australia uh, there, next up? Come on. Yeah, right. Next up, Jacob, uh, what is your favorite match stipulation, and what is your favorite match from that stipulation? This one's real easy for me. I'm going to throw it out there first. Go for it. Ladder matches, yep. and it's going to be the WrestleMania 2000 uh, ladder match with Dudley Boys, yep. Edge and Chris, and, and the Hardy Boys yep. for the du- world, uh, world, the Triangle Ladder Match. Yeah, I think they, uh, oh, that's what it was called, one. wasn't it? Oh, that's oh, uh, that that's just easily it's it's going to be TLC matches, and God, we got TLC coming up in a couple weeks, and it just oh, it's all ladder matches are my favorite by far. I love the Money in the Bank yep. match and the build yep. towards that, and the fallout from it, and it just. Ladder matches easily, and it, you're not going to find better than the guys that invented the shit, which was the Dudley Boys, the Ed, uh, the Hardy Boys, and Edge and Christian. Just- uh, technically, Bret Hart and Razor Ramon, okay, but okay. Um, I, I'm the same. Ladder matches are my favorite stipulation. Uh, I could run down a list uh, for 20 minutes of all of my favorite ladder matches. Like Shawn Michaels has had some big ones. Oh, yeah. Um, Hart, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Um, Jericho and Shawn Michaels. Uh, Jericho and Benoit. Um, with the with the walls of Jericho on the top of the ladder, um, yeah. Undertaker and Jeff Hardy. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Uh, the the freaking NXT five way ladder match recently. Um, oh. uh, one of the one of the most okay PWG PWG history here at three Mendes number three. Uh, it was a three way ladder match. It was um, the Super Smash Brothers, who you now know as the Dark Order in AEW versus uh, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, who at the time were known as Future Shock, versus the Young Bucks. Um, that is one of the best ladder matches you'll ever see. PWG, three men to three. It is mm. freaking un- unreal. Some of... Uh, buy the DVDs. Buy, Support yeah. PWG, please. Some of, uh, some of, uh, some of um, Kevin Steen and El Generico's ladder matches. Uh, I'm trying to... I'm tr- what other ladder matches? Obviously, the, the classic Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon. Uh, is still like that's people are, are are learning about that one. So they're still looking at that and going, "This is how you do a ladder match with with, with Razor Ramon going under the ladder." Like just, I love all of that shit. Um, there was I want to give some love to the new ones too. There so there's New Day Usos and was it the it was uh, Luchador Lucha Dragons I think is what they were calling themselves at the time where it was Kalisto and um, and uh, uh, Sin Cara. TLC from like. 16, 15, 16. I can't remember which one it was exactly, but I, it was the tag team championship ladder match, TLC match. Uh-huh. I think it was a ladder match. I don't remember. But yeah, that there's been some good ones recently as well, especially New Day Usos and stuff in there. So yeah. Um, trying to. I just ladder matches easily. There's no question. Yeah. I, I'm, um, all, all the ladder matches. Let's see. I'm trying to think of other, other, other recent good ones. Um, Ziggler has had a couple cool ones. Um, what else? Oh yeah, the Ziggler Ziggler Harper. Remember Ziggler and Harper from uh, TLC. Uh, fourteen, two thousand fourteen. Ziggler and Harper mm. had an absolutely amazing one. I think it's unrated. Vaguely, I remember it happened. I don't remember yeah. the match. I'd have to go look at it. Um, yeah, there was a few Money in the Bank ones. The young, the young, back, the young Bucks had a bunch of great ones at Ring of Honor. Like, yeah, just I could, I could list ladder matches forever. I love ladder matches. Yeah. So, yeah. boom, there's just the high spots you get off of them. Yeah, I mean, just look at Adam Cole and Dijak last week. I mean, just, yep. 
Oh, so good. Thank you very much, Jacob. Uh, there's, there's, I could throw a shout out to uh, some of the other ones as well, but I just we could go be here forever. Uh, next here up, forever. Austin. Hey guys, uh, I don't know if you can, but I have two questions. First, I love the fiend and all that's happening. How do you guys feel about the no selling finishers? I feel some superstars moving forward aren't used to it. The stomp died, and I was worried the yes kicks would too. How could they fix the actual fiend match so it's not just a dead fish getting beat up? Mm. Um, I see your point, uh, but I think the fiend needs to be the dragon, and I think the dragon needs to withstand traditional wrestling moves. But seven stomps in a row, it, like I get what he's saying here. Yeah, but I mean, it, it that wasn't what took him down. It was the ref stoppage. Like if he had sat up Undertaker style underneath, through all those chairs and stuff that was piled. On I guess top what I'm saying, and I think match. what Austin's saying is, does it need to be seven? Can he kick out of like one or two at one, and that's scary? And then that's the big moment. It doesn't have to be. Why is it seven? Like yeah. now he's so overpowered. He's so invincible that if that when Roman spears him, you know, once and he goes down, we're all gonna be like, oh, shut up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like it's like it's like the the Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns WrestleMania match with like what five F fives and Roman kicks out. It's like how can you believe he's gonna get taken down by anything after that? And obviously, like yeah. you know, short attention span, we all just go with it. But that's why those matches are so dumb. Is we know that next week he's gonna go down to a regular person's finisher, and it, it makes no sense. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I I mean. The, I think it's okay to have him no sell stuff, but it's a matter of building the match so that you don't have to have finisher spam to make him look invincible. Yeah, you know what I mean. Otherwise, other, you other turn it into a video game, right? Or or a cartoon, and that's kind of what they're doing here. Um, you know, have him have him maybe anticipate moves, so he's not getting caught in moves so much. But I like him absorbing the the yes kicks, which are infamous as far as Daniel Bryan's concerned as some of the hardest kicks out there. But then again, I'm, but then I'm rolling my the, eyes a little bit. The dead fish getting beat up, where he's just sitting there taking all this punishment, and then he just gets back up. Yeah, you know what I mean. Why is it? Why does he have to take all the punishment? Is what I'm saying is maybe have him be more of an active member of the match. Uh, but it's kind of you know what it is. It's 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 less like he's sitting there taking the shots. Um. Because they, so I'm thinking about him in this in in the context of a horror movie because he's a horror movie villain. That's how Bray Wyatt is build is building him. He's Jason, right? He's Michael Myers. Yeah. Um, he takes the punishment. He keeps coming back, right? Just when you think he's dead, he comes back from the dead. Um, unfortunately, that doesn't necessarily translate to a wrestling match as well as it does in a movie. And even in a movie, right. at a certain point, you go, "All right, come on, how much can he come back from?" Um, and I think maybe look at it. Maybe he should be more of like uh, because he's supernatural. I think they're playing him more like a Jason or a little bit like Michael Myers because both of those Jason is essentially a super zombie, and Michael Myers is human apparently, but yet he can withstand more damage than an average human. So something's weird there. Um, I I don't think he should be as much of a Jason where Jason just takes all kinds of punishment, but Jason just keeps coming at you. He doesn't stop usually, right? So maybe that's what it should be is that. He should just keep coming, but be less of a lumbering kind of creature and anticipate more. He's supposedly smart, right? So instead of being like a lumbering, you know, stalking by walking kind of horror villain, maybe he should be a little faster, a little scarier. Yeah. Uh, and actually have an active part in the match. 
So I, I, that, that's I, I kind of like that in the early days of the fiend, we're showing that he the the, the usual stuff ain't going to work on him, and it's going to cause guys to have to go above and beyond to take him down, or he's just going to ch- he's going to get a hold of you and change you. I kind of like this, and I think it's going to build to something to be the one that finally beats him. Even though we all know it's just going to be Roman Reigns with a spear, a Rus- I, I like the idea that we could potentially, you know, invent some new stuff that you know that could ha- have to be there to take the fiend down. I don't, I don't know. I'm guessing here, mm-hmm. but I, I like that psychosis that it's putting into wrestlers that even their best stuff isn't enough to take down the fiend. And we've seen it now with Seth. We've seen it with uh, Finn. We've seen it with Daniel Bryan. So yeah, I I I I, I like that. I kind of like that. Yeah. Is he a dead fish sitting there taking it? Yeah, but it kinda, we kind of need to see that first, and until we we get to the point where somebody is going to take him down. Right. And it's going to be a Superman punch and a spear. Quite a, quite a few, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah, but still. Uh, the second is Nick. Way back, you said you went to a military school of some sort. Just wondering what that was. I currently serve in the army. Wondering if you're a fellow brother. No, not in the army. Um. I went to the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy, the the fifth federal academy that nobody knows about. <laughs> so there's there's five academies. There's West Point. There's Annapolis. There's the Coast Guard Academy up in Connecticut, and there's the Air Force Academy out in Colorado Springs, in Colorado. The fifth one is up in Long Island, New York, a little town called Great Neck, right outside of New York City, on the North Shore, right below Connecticut. We have a huge rivalry with the Coast Guard. We call them Puddle Pirates because they don't really leave. They don't go out into international waters. Anyway, um, we are basically cargo shipping. So I went to a school that we wore naval uniforms, but we worked every day in coveralls. So it was the Merchant Marines. So I learned sailing, and I learned you know knot tying, and a lot of Boy Scout kind of stuff. But I also rebuilt diesel engines that were two stories tall and learned a lot of my mechanical engineering stuff there. Right, so that's what I. That's where I got my education. Even though it was, a, we were basically glorified grease monkeys. But that parlayed into a career in building data centers, working with a lot of electrical, working with a lot of uh, running cable, forty-eight volt DC power, all kinds of stuff like that. But no, no never served truly in the military. Uh, just went to one of the academies. So, good question. Lots of good stuff there. Lots of good memories. And thank you for your well. service, Austin. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, Austin. Appreciate Seriously. it, man. Jared McDonald, however, did serve two tours uh, overseas. So if you ever want to rap about him, he was in the Army. He was a corpsman. So sorry if I'm outing you there, Sheriff McDonald, but uh, always want to connect brothers in that way. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you, Austin. Next up, Dominic. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Even if we know the real Thanksgiving is in October. Oh, that's right, because he's in Toronto. Go Canada. <laughs> thank you, guys, for your hard work and all those hours you give us each week. Keep up the good work. Thank you, man. Thank, thank you, sir. brother. Thank you. Uh, The question this week is, what would be a storyline that reached you personally? For me, it would be Jeff Hardy versus Undertaker and the whole build-up to the ladder match on Raw in 2002. That was a good one. One I always come back to as my favorite of all time. So, Sir Ian Dangerous, what would be a storyline that reached you on a personal level? Wow. Mm. Um... I'm I'm gonna say Champa and Gargano. Oh really? That's that recent? That I mean, it's the first one that came to my mind. And huh. It's probably because it's the most recent. But the the not only the fact that we that I lived through it and got to see it 
in the modern era of wrestling yeah, where you're yeah. mostly vacant of, of investing in storylines as much as they did that one. But the breakup of DIY, who were just overwhelmingly loved, mm-hmm. and that just made the Champa's turn on Johnny oh, after that that much worse. That bald and bastard! Then, the son of a... Well, we can't anymore. He's, well, a, he's a nice guy now. He's a, he's a We're super talking famous. about when he was. I know, but that's going to be the one. And then that leading to the buildup of Johnny wrestling and seeing his uh, four-year career at NXT just kind of explode seemingly out of nowhere and him becoming Mr. Takeover, you know, Johnny Takeover, Johnny Wrestling, all that stuff. And then culminating in the matches earlier this year with Adam Cole. And you could see that when he had him in the Gargano escape and he was just rocking him back and forth and just, ah, just screaming. I was going, oh, my God. (laughs) Well, why do I feel these feelings? Right. That was that was that just you could feel the heart coming out of some of those matches. Absolutely. Just, man, that's the that's one that got really got me. Good call. Good call. Yeah. Um I I would have to say uh Mick Foley winning the belt in 98 was that? 98 99 January 4th January 6th something like that. Whatever that, that 99, yeah. 99 that episode of Raw. Yeah. Was it 99? Was it 98? Um when he finally won the, the belt, um, beat The Rock for the championship, uh, the infamous episode of Raw where they spoiled it on WCW. They spoiled it on Nitro. Nitro said, "That's hey, just so you all know, tonight Mick Foley wins the belt. That'll put butts in seats. It was 99. January 4th, There you go. I just I, I Googled it, did it. Watched it. And it was, uh, there was this, I remember, I remember there was a little bit of story around this about whether it was a mistake or not. You know, if there was, right. a, it was one of those calls that, was that really supposed to The happen? way the whole match was booked, you know it wasn't a mistake. They had everyone out there to yeah. carry him around his shoulder. Stone Cold came out to, to muddle it. So, it, you know, he didn't win clean. Stone Cold came out to throw the, but it was one of the biggest pops you ever heard when Stone Cold came out. Because everyone knew the, the, the fix was in. I was watching that live. You know, I mentioned in Christmas, traditions i was home from from college for christmas break and i watched that at our at our breakfast table with my pops we watched it together and we both were just talking about it for the rest of the day because it was so freaking exciting it was so insane and being a huge fan of mick foley and seeing him finally get strapped um and everyone carrying him around on their shoulders like that was huge that's a that's about as as big as the the heart exploded ever in wrestling um that yeah that was unbelievable also the daniel bryan run and winning at wrestlemania that year was it was a huge one it's funny um oh uh jesus eddie and benoit winning at wrestlemania oh god oh man and we're gonna have to do a whole episode on and in hindsight in hindsight that's a particularly brutal one to think back on (laughs) jesus um also more recently um the Pentagon Junior run in uh, in Lucha Underground, yeah, was like really got under my skin. Like I was so invested in yeah, some that of the- first season. I invested holy in that. holy smokes, shit. like where he was just breaking people's arms right and left and messing with Vampiro, and like he almost burned him to death on one episode, covered him in gasoline, um, and then at the end of the whole thing, Vampiro's like, "Fine, I'm a you want me." I'm going to take you old school. I'm going to come out. I'm going to go back to my dark place. I'm going to come out as evil vampiro, and we're going to do a Seto Miedo match. We're going to try to kill each other. And Pentagon gets his mask mostly ripped off. There's blood everywhere. There's light tubes. It's one of the gnarliest death matches of the modern era. And at the end of it, Vampiro loses, 
and then demands that Pentagon break his arm. And he does. Pentagon breaks his arm, and then Vampiro's sitting there in the ring, covered in blood, and he says, well done, my child. And he reveals that he has been the master that has been pulling the strings on Pentagon the entire season. And ah! he's, the, he's the guy who's been telling... And like the final test of the whole thing was, you have to destroy me. And if you can do that, then you will have you know come into your... Oh my god. It's like every kung fu movie ever that you've watched. <laughs> and just... The student becomes the master. Yeah, and just, the, oh god, yes! The horror of the whole thing and just the, the brutality. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that got me good. So, yeah, great question. That was really great. good call there on that great one. Question. Uh, great question, Dominic. Thank you very much. Uh, and good shout out to the Hardy Taker from uh, Ladder Match from 2002 Raw. Yep. Uh, next up, Sean. I like this idea that The Fiend changes people. It looks like he might hold the belt for a little bit too. Who do each of you think will be a superstar who could use a reincarnation to their best self with the help of The Fiend? Hmm. <laughs> who needs a reset? Liv Morgan. Um, I think is this is everyone seems to be everybody's choice yeah, right supposedly now. Supposedly she's on Raw and he's on SmackDown. So I mean, obviously that that stopped anything ever before. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, who needs a reset? Who needs a reset? Uh, Cesaro. Like, who could... Mm. Cesaro could really use one, but I don't know if he'd fit there. Um, I don't know if he's Cesaro never been enough just, of a character. Other than the bar, he's really never found his place. He was the goon for uh, Jack Swagger under Zeb Coulter there for a while, and then, like, he's never really... He's, he's the Swiss cyborg! Okay. What does that even mean? <laughs> So I, I think Cesaro is one of those guys that hasn't ever hit, like hit his stride and found his place. Lars Sullivan. That actually would not be terrible. Have him come out and just be like, put him in as as partly ironic and partly intimidating. Put him in like, yeah, not exactly like a Bane mask, but something intimidating, like a, a, a mask of some sort that's intimidating. Not like the Fiend either, but something more Lucha style. So it's ironic. Yeah. Um, but then have him just, you know, go completely dark and start murdering people a la Bane in the actual Batman comic books, not Bane right. in the movies, Bane, 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 the real Bane. Um, yeah, I don't know. Adam Cole, Bane, Bane. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was terrible. That was terrible. That was terrible. Turn in your car. Right. Uh, uh, I, I'm thinking I'm joking with Lars Sullivan. I'm trying to think of someone else who could use a nice reset. I mean, Bailey, but they've, she's already shown she can't really pull it off no no uh i, th I think live watch if you watch total divas you get a little inside scoop this season on Liv morgan and she's quirky oh no like she we're getting she a, could we're do getting a swerve we're getting a swerve nia Jax is coming back as bray wyatt's monster and wb's answer to nile rose nyla rose telling you right now watch for it nia Jax. I, I don't nia Jax is coming back coming back as the monster among women i don't think nia Jax is coming back at all you hope you're hoping it's not. It's not a hope. I'm. I'm being legit right now. I don't. I think she's done. They're swerving you. Uh, They're making you think that yep. there's going to be a big, big celebration when she comes back. Yep. I'm going to poop my pants. Uh, side note: I'd love if you guys decided to just incorporate bright side of the ring to the show, so I don't have to ask because I love the positivity last week. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. It was. I like uh, that. Keep being awesome. Happy holidays, everyone, and support the hell out of this show because we have a pretty awesome wrestling community here, and I'd love to see it grow. Let's do it. Let's do a quick uh, bright side. And thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you. Dude, happy holidays to you as well. Um, let's do our bright side of the ring here. I'll try and in incorporate it into writing the show next week because I think that's a good idea. Is in a, yeah. and like end on a bright spot. That's a, that's a really good idea. Uh, let's, let's knock it out really quickly here since we 
we're on it right now. What was your bright side yeah. of the ring for the week? There were so many. Um, I'm trying to pick one to hone in on. I'll go. Uh, I'll go first. If, I'll go first if you're thinking. Yeah, go for go for it. I was gonna the uh, how like incredibly fun and funny and entertaining the uh, festival of friendship. Uh, I mean the Jericho appreciation segment was at the beginning of AEW. Appreciation of Le Champion. Ah. Oh, what happened to your chair? There? <laughs> I got real short all of a sudden. Holy smoke! There it is. Um, hey, I'm back. I liked the uh, my favorite spot of the week probably was the Keith Lee pouncing Adam Cole into the crowd. That was beautiful. But I I overall liked the the dynamic between Undisputed Era and Champa, Dijak, yeah. Keith Lee, Matt Riddle. Just this week, Finn Balor inserting himself into the middle of that, literally and figuratively. Uh, it, that whole thing on NXT this week yeah. became the whole theme of the show, and I, I loved all of it. And I like I liked thinking about like. So taking Sean's idea here of the bright side of the ring, thinking about something in wrestling program this programming this week that made me smile, something that made me just like oh when I saw it I went yeah I I was smiling the entire Jericho segment yeah I I got a yeah. like a bit of a grin at the pounce but it was more of like oh excited kind of thing I'm thinking of just yeah. something that just made me grin ear to ear and it has to be the Jericho segment his dad coming out of the damn box like oh my god the yeah. whole I mean it was just one thing the like goat it was one thing after another. One thing after that. I, I, I love that they called out on commentary of AEW that he's one of the top 100 <laughs> New York Rangers of all time. And I'm just like, wait, is that, that's, that's not even a line. compliment. <laughs> that's a great line. Oh, yeah. I'm smiling again, even thinking about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, good stuff. That <laughs> yeah, was good stuff. Uh, keep being awesome. Happy holiday. Oh, I read that already. Thank you very Thank much, you again, Sean. Sean. And, uh, Thank yeah, you. we'll figure out a way to start working in bright side of the ring on a regular basis. I, I love that idea. Uh, next up, Marshall, brand new patron just signed up today. Marshall. Welcome, Marshall. Thank you. The phenomenal Thank ones. You, Thank you, sir. Welcome. Welcome. His question, new patron here. Mm. I want to know how many drinks it would take each of y'all to spend $6,500 on a Bray Wyatt fiend <laughs> championship belt. <laughs> The real question here is, because uh, it's really hard to get me drunk, and that's not a, that's not a humble brag. That's not a brag. It's just a fact. Nick's drunk with me. He knows how this works. Um, I and I don't get stupid or um, com uh, compulsive when I drink. It's actually it's more like how many drinks would I have to not have to save up enough. To get sixty five, so I ain't got sixty five hundred dollars to spend on a championship belt. No, I'll tell you right no. now. Now, if again, and I was saying this during the regular show this week, it's a Tom Savini prop. If I had sixty five hundred dollars, and I was like, you have to buy a Tom Savini prop, I'd say, good, I will, but not the damn championship belt. I want like a real horror movie prop from Tom Savini. I want like you know a mock up from from Dawn of the Dead or or something like that. Like, give me. Something else, um, like I've I've seen his his uh, his house and all the stuff he's got stuffed in there. Give me something. Give me give me something of that. He's got. Um, I mean, it's not his. He's got an old uh, Stan Winston mock up of Pumpkinhead. And I'm a huge Pumpkinhead fan. Like if oh. he was, if I was to get like a well, that, that Stan Winston mock up of a Pumpkinhead, Pumpkinhead head head from Pumpkinhead. Uh, dude, yeah, sixty five hundred dollars in a championship belt. One, you couldn't get me drunk enough, and two. I don't know where that money's coming from, so <laughs> it's, I don't think it's if possible. You, if you told me that there were only going to be like a hundred of them made or fifty of them made, and that there were they were going to like triple in value over time, 
uh, I would look at it as a potentially an investment. But at the end of the day, so you'd get it sober, is what you're saying. If if yeah, you thought it was an investment, it wouldn't it wouldn't be about drinking. I would want to think through like how am I going to get my money back, kind of thing. I, this is not something. I so how many drinks would it, how keep. many drinks would it take you? To put yourself in the mindset of, I bet it's an investment. Uh, you know, no, it'll, it'll go up in value. How, like, how drunk would you have to be to have to have that logic make sense to you? So, as Surrey and Dangerous said earlier, it takes a lot to get him drunk. It does not take a lot to get Nick drunk. Uh, Nick is a lightweight. Nick well, doesn't drink very much. No, I've seen you pound a lot of Miller Lights. You can, you can. So beer, yes. You, you can take a lot of Miller. Hell, hellfires down my throat. Yes, and it's, I don't remember where four hours went. Right. See that's so, the thing. You can you can drink a lot of beer. I can't drink a lot yes. of beer because I got nowhere to put it. Like I just yeah. I I top out at a certain point. Of, I can't drink any more beer, and I'm not drunk. I'm just full, and I feel gross. So I'm yeah. a liquor man. You're a beer dude. But yeah. as a result, liquor and I are good buddies. I'm not really too worried about getting to yeah. a point where I'm suddenly gonna be like, yeah, championship, but it's only sixty five hundred dollars. That's reasonable. <laughs> I could do it. I got this. I got I got space on my wall. It would look really good on my wall. Yeah. It's great. Uh I don't know that there's any amount of alcohol, Marshall, that would encourage me enough to real talk yeah. to spend sixty five hundred dollars on a yeah. championship title. <laughs> long long answer short, same. You couldn't you couldn't no, wouldn't happen. I just got a big house and I got some <laughs> shit to do. <laughs> uh, that's there's a lot of lot of uh, honeydews in that sixty five hundred dollars right there. But anyway, yeah, uh, I just I absolutely would not spend six thousand dollars. Please, if you're listening, I mean, if you just won the lottery and you just want a Bray Wyatt face mask on a strap of leather for some reason, okay. I mean, knock yourself out. But that's about it. I'd have to win the fifty million dollar power. I'd love to know how many people like actually buy this thing. I really would like to know. Uh, me too. Me too. I think it should be like Willy Wonka. They should announce it in the paper. Whoever buys one. Just so we can all make yeah. fun of them. Right, exactly. <laughs> you bought it? <laughs> Thank you, Marshall, and welcome to the Phenomenal Ones. Next up, Brian, what are some of your favorite rivalries of all time that may not get enough recognition from fans and historians? Ooh. Unsung rivalries. Uh, well, that's... Hmm. Everyone I ever on a blank. Everyone I think of, I'm like, no, like people know about uh, Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero and ECW. People know about um, I'm trying to think of other like other other good ones. Uh, people know about Tanahashi and Nakamura. Like I'm trying to think of just ones that we don't talk about often. Uh, Cena and Orton. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's just kidding. Um, Dusty, uh, Dusty Rhodes and uh, Terry Funk. There's one. Dusty Rhodes and Terry Funk had an awesome rivalry for a while in Texas. Um, that was outstanding. Some great, like just all-time classic promos. Um, I actually, I, I like their rivalry going either way because. They, they both were, were they were both heel and both face at one point across a couple different rivalries across a couple different territories. They were they worked awesome matches together. Um, I actually have I've got the the shirt from one of their rivalries, the Dusty Sucks Eggs uh, shirt from one of their rivalries. Um, I always love when they worked each other. Some of the old matches I saw, some of the old stuff programming I stuff I saw from them was fantastic. Uh, so I'll, I'll I'll go on I'll go on 
the board is saying that. Dusty and uh, and Terry. I'm completely drawing a blank because all of my favorite rivalries are all very well known. Um, I'm I I am struggling to find one that is not well known. I, I feel like that we've we've got enough wrestling historians on Twitter and YouTube and podcasts now that there's not a lot that is not out there and yeah, known. like hey guys, remember how great this was, kind of thing. I mean, if you listen to if you listen to Cornette and you listen to his podcast and him, you know, there's videos about him burying the universe, right? That kind of stuff. This the the stories that he tells, if you can get past a lot of his language, um, can there's there's a lot of history in there, and there's like the backstory of him telling the comeuppance of Batista before he ever got to B B W WWE is an interesting story. Like they were pushing Batista to the moon, but. He was being a brat a lot of the time and not doing kind of the work that they were trying to get him to do. So stuff like that. It's not rivalries, but I, I look at, are there any, it's not just in-ring rivalries. There's, there's rivalries between, you know, management and stuff like that. You know, you can go back and look at, uh, from the Ric Flair documentary, some of the stuff with uh, uh, Vern Gagne and him. And, uh, oh, come on, Jesse Ventura and Gagne from the, so there's a lot of history of that stuff as well. Right. But if we're just talking in-ring stuff, I don't know that there's a lot of stuff that's not either well-documented or really well-known. So I'm drawing a little bit of a blank. All right. Well, you do your research and get back to it on... Uh, I will. On uh, on the Facebook group. You know what? Let's, let's actually get that up in the Facebook group because I think we're going to have a lot of people getting yeah. a lot of interesting ones. And I think I think if we sit and think as well, we'll come up with a lot of good ones. Yeah. So That's good. Uh, and I, I feel bad for letting down our, our current and new. And new. And new. So, uh, yeah, I'll think on that one, Brian. The champ champ. You. Brian That's, the champ yeah. champ. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Thank you, Brian. Next up, Eric. Should Impact make this week's throwback episode an annual event? I haven't yes. seen it yet. Um, it's yes. on my list. Oh, my God. I absolutely, it was so much I've heard fun. amazing things about it, and I can't wait to go watch it. It was so uh, Probably much fun. tonight. I'm still catching up on the week after Thanksgiving travel stuff so uh yeah bear with me i definitely i'll put a thread up and we can talk about that because i've heard amazing things about that throwback episode so, yeah no, uh, yeah great. thank you Eric. that's great uh do it, yes do it absolutely, more. absolutely they should do it do more of that yes please. Uh, we've seen the rise of, of nwa power rr, 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 we're and going going back to studio wrestling going yeah. doing the throwback style like that there's no reason we shouldn't do more of that kind and of we stuff. all again like yes they threw kate about the window you know what and they had a lot of fun doing it and they made a very yeah. entertaining show yeah so it was good times. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Next up, Brandon. Uh, do you see Orange Cassidy having an underdog story in AEW going from from comedy wrestler to legit main eventer? And if yes, can you please fantasy book it? Uh, no, he will never be a main eventer. He will always be a comedy guy unless he totally changes his gimmick. I can see him being involved in main event feuds, but he's never going to be the guy who wins the belt. He's just not. That's just not who he I is. Can, I, I could see him doing something silly. Um, the new ring that they just gave MJF, uh, if that's going to be a title long-term, uh-huh. uh, he could roll over with his hands in his pockets on a passed-out MJF or something like that or a knocked-out MJF, uh, stuff like that. And it could be a com- it's still going to be a comedic comedy moment. But, I, yeah, could to a legit main eventer, no. No. I don't see him ever getting to that point because that's just not his thing. Yeah, and I don't know without without completely overhauling it, which they they're not going to do anytime soon because it's so really over right now. Uh, anytime he gets in the ring, anytime he like lightly taps somebody in the shin, that the entire crowd pops every single time. You think it was Stone Cold doing what chance? Jesus. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Brandon, thank you very much for the question. Last up, Josh, who for you guys made the – oh, I love this question. Okay. I've been wanting to talk about this all week. Who for you guys made the best impression between TakeOver and uh, Survivor Series? Adam Cole, Keith Lee, or Rhea Ripley? Jesus, that's a, a tough one because – well, I, I think Adam Cole, I'm going to have to take him right out because he just had a match with Deep Dunn and a lot of the, lack of a better word, casual audience – was like, okay, I think that was a good match, but like in terms of like blowing out the doors on themselves, Rhea Ripley or Keith Lee are gonna be the number like those it's gonna be between them. And if you narrow it down to those two, I'm gonna have to say that Keith Lee got about as strong of a coronation as you could possibly get. The dude went toe to toe with Roman Reigns, got a two point nine 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 count on him, and then got that the was a three. And then got that the, was a three that was a three fight me. <laughs> Um, Whether it was a botch or a ref screw up or somebody didn't kick out, Roman didn't kick out soon enough. That was a three. <laughs> yeah, and 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 he gave, get the fist bump afterwards. Like if it's got to be Keith Lee, and it was a yeah. very close second Rhea Ripley, and then a a good bit below Adam Cole. Um, so jo I want to clarify, Josh. Your question was the best impression between Takeover and Survivor Series. I agree completely. With what Ian just said, if we're looking at the work rate and things throughout the last week or two, building to Takeover and Survivor Series, I, I'm gonna uh, Adam Cole without a doubt. Uh, dude was everywhere. He was on every show. He was yeah. having matches. He was uh, defending his title twice. Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins uh, having a ladder match with Dijak, and then went and did War Games, and then went and had his and did a title defense with Pete Dunne on Survivor Series. Oh. Uh, so that's where Adam Cole easily wins. But if you're looking at just the two events themselves, yeah, it's probably going to be Lee. It's got to be Keith Lee. I think I've I've heard so many people buzzing about him since. Like his Twitter blew up. Everyone being like, "Who are you? You're amazing." There's a reason that Keith Lee is our is our bumper for all this Every whole show week. Every this week. Yeah. Every show. Because you know what we don't want you to do. We don't want you to forget about Keith. So. Don't you, don't you forget, forget about, about Keith. Don't, don't, no, 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 no. Don't, don't you forget about, about Keith. Yeah. Don't you do it. When yeah. you walk on by. La, da, da, when you bask in his glory. Oh, bask in his glory. Bask in his glory. <laughs> bask in his glory. Bask in. Oh, sorry. All right, we got one more coming in last minute from Esmeralda in the chat, and people, then we got to get out of here. Tuning out right and left. <laughs> last but certainly not least, Esmeralda is sneaking hers in again in the chat. Okay. Naughty, naughty, naughty. <laughs> well, you, didn't get, you got it up late, Nick. I did. I did. Naughty, naughty, naughty. Anyway, Thanksgiving. Sorry. Best Wrestle Kingdom moment, period. Go. Damn. Moment? Uh, I mean, can I just say matches? I mean, you've got you God, Wrestle Kingdom. You've got Omega Okada. You've got Nakamura Styles. You've got Naito Tanahashi. You've got Nakamura Ibushi from Wrestle Kingdom Nine, which was nuts. Um, I gotta go Okada and Kenny and Omega. One because I'll I don't have the history. Ok Okada and Kenny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Jesus. Uh, oh, you know what one was, was recent that I loved? Oh, no. Uh, Ishii, Ishii and Shibata from Wrestle Kingdom 10. 
if you haven't like, if you haven't seen that dude, it's just it's exactly that's, that's one I got to go back and see. Oh, it hurts! It hurts so good. It's mm. so gnarly. Um, no one one from okay. So here's one, and this is like this is just one that I love because I'm a huge Suzuki mark. You know, I love I love me some Noro Suzuki. Um, 2017 Wrestle Kingdom. What was that? Twelve. In 2000, yeah, 2017 was twelve. Yeah. Uh, the hair versus hair match. Suzuki oh. Goto. Do you remember that? Oh yes. That oh, match it, was so cool. Suzuki got his head shaved. Yeah. But like he remember it's And that's that's what off. led into the like the drawing and shit on well, his he was already head. In the right? drawing, but before he had like the, the little mohawk on the back of his head. It's like a mohawk, yeah. Yeah. Um but that was the match where like he choked out Goto. He got on the top turnbuckle and he choked him out and Goto was dead. Like we were like, he's dead. There's no, and he came back. Stop the match. Had a great comeback. Ended up beating Suzuki, and Suzuki goes like he's he gets a chair like he's gonna hit Goto with a chair, and that moment where he just goes, and that he's got that honor like he is the most evil son of a bitch on the planet, but he's still got honor, and he bam puts the chair down, and he just sits in it, and Goto's kind of like, oh, okay, he's not gonna kill me. I guess like. I gotta shave his head. No, Suzuki's like, shaving his own head. Am I? Am I? Am I really about to shave uh, Minoru Suzuki's head? No, Minoru Suzuki shaves his own does it damn to himself, head. Just does it to himself. <laughs> shaves his head. Just grabs yeah. the hair. Poof, just poof, the hair and just stalks off. Oh, that was good. That was. That was. Yeah. Oh, that was good stuff. I'll just, I'll go with that. There's a million other ones. I mean, like I said, I called all those other great matches. You know, Ishii and Shibata having the strike off. Um, AJ Styles doing the gun at Nakamura. And Nakamura swallowing the bullet. I mean, there's yeah, a bunch of great moments. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Suzuki shaving his own head. I think one of mine might be happening uh, in the <laughs> next one. Something that's coming. <laughs> What's that? Ibushi getting both titles. Well, yes. When Naito does win both titles, Nick, it will be a very big moment. No, I that's not what I said. No, as a, no, as a big Naito said. fan, no. will enjoy when Naito gets both titles. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's not what I said. Thank you very much to all of our patrons that sent questions in for this episode of the Patron Mailbag number nine. Thank you guys very much. And if you guys would like to get in on some of this, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers over there. Just the $5 tier is all you need to get your question in every single week for the Patron Mailbag series right here on youtube.com slash busted wide open. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel and jingle the little notification bell so you get alerted anytime we schedule new events or go live or put up new videos or all that stuff. We are on the race to 1,000 subscribers, and we're about at the halfway mark. So tell your family, tell your friends, tell your wrestling buddies everywhere you go to subscribe to the Busted Wide Open channel on YouTube. We really Sign need up, it. Grandpa it's Earl. Gonna un- sign, sign up. It's going to unlock all the cool stuff in yes. YouTube, and we want to do that. So we're, we're really driving hard for it to get that uh, because of Adpocalypse a couple of years ago. So anyway, if, you want, if you're curious what that is, go look it up. Um, we're on YouTube, or sorry, we're on Twitter and Instagram at BWO podcast right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash busted wide open streaming live every Tuesday at 8 PM and every Saturday at 3 PM Eastern times. I got it right that time. Yay. Uh, <laughs> but my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at data center. Dude, and I am Surrey and dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Surrey and dangerous. But my God, he's off the damn mat. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. 
For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.